0: Welcome to The Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. So today we are doing OPC. Can I cut you off just really quickly?
1: Yeah. I received some feedback from our recent episode. Okay. In one of the, and I think I need to clear the air on some of this. I made a very accurate comment that Adam Sandler is a B-list actor, and it's been receiving a lot of negative pushback from some of our adoring fans. And I've found myself in a lot of text conversations justifying why I think he is a B-list actor. And I know that you didn't fully agree with me at the time, and I just want to settle it once and for all.
0: What did just, I say at the time? You also just didn't agree that he was B-list. Uh, did I say he was A-list?
1: Yeah. And so what I wanted to just put forward is that you've got to establish what the uh, scale is. We can all agree Rob Riggle's a D-list actor, right? Yeah. Polly yeah. Shore, he's an F. Okay.
0: Is there an F list? Yeah. I would, I just take, I just like off the, the list. Take me too. off the list. Yeah. You
1: and I are on the F list too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a C B is solidly Adam Sandler. Maybe C is like David Spade. And then okay. A is I put like your Brad Pitts, your George Clooney's, your Margot Robbie. And the way that you can identify A's versus B's is you picture Brad Pitt and Adam Sandler standing in line at a club very very exclusive club. They can only let one person in who gets chosen. Brett right Pitt, correct. Thank you. Welcome to A List.
0: Fair enough. All right. I I'm sorry. I argued with you on this. I I uh, maybe I was just feeling sentimental about Uncut Gems, or I just watched Happy Gilmore recently. It's not like Adam Sandler at this point could really carry a movie of a major theatrical movie at this point. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I apologize. Who else gave you? Did you get a lot of criticism? Uh, Jamie is really upset
1: about it, and she's enlisted Carlos to uh, also engage. Jamie listens when she's bored on long drives and misses me and listens to our podcast, so she's not an active listener. Okay. And then Carlos just downloads it to help our numbers, but he never actually listens to it.
0: Oh, well, it's uh, I appreciate <laughs> appreciate <the> support. <laughs> and well, he uh,
1: talked about he does download it, and sometimes he gets mad because he listens to it and it listens to. Um uh, music in the shower, and then every so often the the podcast
0: will come on and he gets pissed. Um well uh <laughs> that would tell you about the time I would I had my own TV show in college. No, I don't know this. Somebody got drunk at 1 in the morning or whatever and called me. If you lived in the dorm, you could everybody had your number because you got a phone book if we everybody listened. I just got a call in the dorm room and they said, Hey, we just wanted to tell you your show sucks. <laughs> and I was <laughs> just going kind of like I just was like, thanks, and I hung up the phone. I mean, it woke me up. I mean, it's just so, it sounds like Carlos does not like our show, but he's a good friend to you.
1: Yeah, correct. So, Does he
0: not like our show, or is he just not into the Andy Griffiths show?
1: We're about as far off on pop culture between Carlos and this show as we will ever get.
0: Okay, what's he, Carlos like? Is he like into David Bowie and um he is
1: and- very into reality TV, big Real Housewives fan. Um he's big Mariah fan as well. And I came up with a good triggering thing to say to him where I I like to regularly ask him if he thinks that Megan Trainor is a modern day version of Mariah Carey.
0: You know, I'm okay with our podcast interrupting uh, Carlos's showers at at these points and really irritating him with with this information you've given me.
1: Good, good, good. Well, I will make sure that he at least hears this part of our next one.
0: Well, I'm moving on into something a little more, I wouldn't say wholesome, but just something a little more focused on the show. Today, we're doing Opie's Fortune, and I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you really like this episode. Um, I actually did really like it. I, I think you why? why? Yes,
1: please it's not do. Just, it's not just that it's Opie content, which I always do prefer the Opie episodes. It is the first episode that I didn't, the first episode in a while that I couldn't imagine how the ending would play out. And I, yeah. like, about 15 minutes in, so right, 10 minutes left in the show, I was like, I don't actually know what they're going to do here.
0: Yeah, it's a lovely little episode. You can everybody can kind of relate to Opie, like finding 50 bucks, uh, which I guess would be probably the equivalent of finding like 250, 300 bucks today.
1: Well, so I looked, I looked this up, I did okay, I came prepared today. So I did 1964, that it's just shy of 500, but then theoretically, the show is actually a little bit more 30s-y because of Andy Griffith's upbringing, and that would be about 1200.
0: Wow, okay, that's a good chunk of change. But you got to figure, like, and I haven't been fishing in a long, long time. But I got to figure a nice fishing rod will probably run you a hundred bucks today. So him, him having to spend ten on it makes makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, um, all right, you want to dive in? Let's let's go ahead first. Head first this time. All right, this episode is dedicated to Carlos. But the episode Opie's Fortune um, first aired on November sixteenth, nineteen sixty four. And we open at the courthouse with Barney reading the paper and Andy asking for a section of it. These are the things you learn by reading Randy Turner's book. But what he's actually reading is the Mount Airy Times with the Mayberry Gazette masthead replacing the top of it.
1: Oh, really? Okay. You know, I think it's just important to talk about the collapse of local news at this point. Oh, yeah. Recently in my town of Helena, the independent record, which was our over 100-year-old daily, has now moved this summer to three days a week. And it is delivered by the post office.
0: Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: But I've just been watching Fox News instead.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's good. I think that's good. I think um, I think Fox News, that'll really help you keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in Helena. Um, yep. Just like any any cable news outlet. And right. I, I think that's the way to go.
1: Yep. I don't want any of that SimCare broadcasting local stuff getting in my way. You know, I just want to hear it from the top and then see the trickle down.
0: Does Politico have a playbook, a Montana playbook?
1: <laughs> no, they don't even have one surrounding any of the states touching
0: Montana. Okay, all right. So, okay, I wasn't wasn't sure. You know, one of the things in my hometown, like with the kind of, I wouldn't say the paper is, it was either biweekly or weekly. It's never really been a daily paper. And so what you've seen are, are people or outlet or people creating kind of an, almost a daily outlet instead of really going through the process of a printing press, they just do a PDF and they print it off and did you know they sell that
1: the it. Guy that just invented the PDF died yesterday. I did not know that. There you go. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. No, so anyway, and I remember I'd see it in gas stations where you could just buy it for like a buck, and it was just sitting, you know, sitting there. And I don't know if you can get a PDF copy or not, or how it actually works. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And Barney is enjoying reading Mayberry After Midnight, which is the gossip section of the paper. And that guy gets around. It's funny. It's written by a 16-year-old kid. And and I mean, I, I can't imagine. It is just funny reading this stuff. And I guess these local papers used to have that. But can you imagine such a thing? I mean, it's kinda like I, the only thing I can remember closely resembling was roll calling. I don't even think it has it anymore. It used to have Heard on the Hill, where it would all be all this gossip you were hearing about staffers and oh, you know yeah. other things. I mean, but I think that's
1: just gone onto like Instagram now, right? Like the overheards and things like that.
0: Yeah. I mean I guess page six was the ultimate yeah. gossip section of the paper. Yeah. But turns out that Lorraine and Howard Felfer are getting a divorce because Lorraine hits the sauce pretty hard. And um, Barney learned this because he took Phoebe Gilbert out. This episode has obviously great Opie content, but it also, this, I love this kind of Andy just ribbing Barney about. I know he's going into it. So when Andy learns, learns this, his ears perk up, he asks if Thelma Lou knows, and she doesn't, but it was a long time ago. And Barney says he took her to the Blue View, which was actually the name of the first motel in Mount Airy. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, oh, how'd you know that? I Randy Turner's book, um, okay. The Mayberry Travel Guide. But the thing about it is, is like I, that was also a point, though, where when you say motel, I I think of now, I used to think, oh, motel. I mean, you know, something, you know, but back in that era, I mean, that was like, that's kind of what, did you ever see that movie, The Bad Times at the El Royale? No. Oh, it's a great movie. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun, but it's it's at a motel, but it's like a motor inn, but it's a motor inn with outdoor, you know, outdoor in the the rooms kind of have outdoor entrances, and it looks like a motel, but in the center of it, I mean, it's got a restaurant and a bar and everything like that. So it does. So it wasn't like the motels that we think of nowadays when we're thinking about
1: motels. Got it. Got it. Got it. Isn't quite the yeah. Okay. There's a little. There's more socializing to do there other than you know hosting house parties in your room.
0: Well, it's not like you drive by a motel, you're like, people staying there, people having an affair, ex-convicts, ex-cons, do people doing drug dealers, and, and poor-to-college kids or high school kids partying. I mean, that's really what you think when you drive by a motel these days. Would you think yeah. that's fair?
1: Yeah. yeah. I once lived at a motel in high school where they were selling airsoft guns below the, like, check-in desk.
0: What? What guns?
1: Airsoft guns. Oh, okay. This is a terrifying place. Surely we can do better, Coach. Surely we can do better.
0: (laughs) He's like, you haven't seen what the booster club has kicked (laughs) in. I mean, I guess (laughs) is what he would say. So Andy then starts grilling him, and Barney puts the paper back up and tries to ignore him, and Andy starts laughing. Later, Opie is walking down the road and finds a man's purse with fifty bucks, and he runs to the jail to tell Andy and Barney. I remember seeing this in syndication. You know, when I was younger, I think I remember the episode starting with this scene, which is kind of a travesty. Interesting. I mean, that's that, that was kind of how they chopped it up in during during syndication. And Andy and Barney, of course, are amazing. You've
1: explained this to me before, but they do that for room for yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean. So not to get too technical on this, but when the show was aired, the FCC had specific requirements that there was a limit to how much advertising, how many minutes could be devoted to advertising. So you had to come in at a certain mark. So these episodes usually clock in at around 25 minutes. And then in the 80s, the FCC changed the regulations and gave stations more leeway about how much ad space they they could sell. I'm assuming that's why you started seeing these episodes get chopped up. So they're obviously amazed at how much he has found, and the purse has no ID, and Andy explains to Opie that they need to hang on to it and give the person time to figure out it's missing and try to find out and come get their money. I mean, I'm saying his money because it's a man's purse. And so what they say is they hang on to lost money for seven days, and if the person doesn't show it... In this, in that day and age, probably not. I mean, it's like, I mean, you, nowadays you could just post it on Facebook or you can do something or they could put it up. But, now, but
1: yeah, you don't have the moral, moral structure of a society well enough to like you fight find, finders keeper prevails now immediately. Um, cash with no identification. That money is yours straight up.
0: I mean, I wouldn't take it. I mean. Given that I've lived in cities, it's not like most of—I mean, most of my adult life—I would not have taken it to a precinct, one of the Washington D.C. police precincts, and said, "Hey, I found fifty dollars. What should yeah. I do with it?" I mean, I wouldn't do that. And I—and I don't know. I—I I mean, I do think yes, that is, if there is a situation where I've, everybody does different things, but I suppose if I, I came across just money lying on the ground. I wouldn't even know how to find the person who lost it. If you ever do, you can call me and I'll talk you into keeping it. So I'll text you and you can give me the moral support. You're not going to need that from me, though, are you? No, no, no. I have my own ethics I abide by. And what that ethics is, if I find it, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. If it's within this. arm's reach, it's mine. <laughs> I hate this. It's mine now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. They have until exact until Wednesday... Next Wednesday at three o'clock and Opie takes off and is very excited, which he which he I mean, as he should be. So Barney shares that he found a dollar once and spent all of it on a girl. And then Andy goes, who'd you spend it on, Phoebe? And, um, And I mean, that's that's just like so well timed. And Barney puts the paper back up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then later one evening at the Taylor household, Barney shows up and Opie is showing him some catalogs that he has been looking at. And they're looking at erector sets and Andy's telling them about a complex one. Wait, to build a,
1: what is a rector set?
0: An erector set. It was kind of like a metallic version of Lincoln Logs where you could build bridges and you could build complex things and you could do so many different things with it. You could basically build structures and build things your own way. I guess it probably went the way of all things when toys became more sophisticated and You had video games now where you could build your own cities and your own civilizations. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. But both Barney and Opie are listening and looking at the catalog like a couple of kids. I mean, like, Barney is just as excited about this money as Opie
1: is. Which is part of why this is so cute and and joyful, right? Is that it's a big deal for all of them.
0: Yeah. We then have a montage of Opie walking through town and looking at all the things he can buy. And finally we get to Tuesday night and Opie is staying up past his bedtime thinking about all the things he could buy. I mean, I I would have been doing this if I'd found that kind of money when I was a kid.
1: Absolutely. Did your parents when I remember I bought a like a signed baseball? I was really excited and I needed it, I needed it because they knew they had an obsessive child. And then I had to sleep on it. And then if I still wanted it, we would go back to the mall the next day and then we would do it. Like, did your parents have things like that that they kind
0: of help cool you down? I mean, most of the time it was just allowance. And so a lot of the time I would save up and with my allowance and then but I knew what I wanted to buy. Like, I remember I had to save four week for an entire month of 250 allowance a week to go buy Def Leopard Hysteria. And I was oh, so excited wow. once I did. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Who signed baseball did you buy? Harmon Killebrew. I think it's a good
1: buy still to this day. I think that's a good buy. You still have it? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't. Are you, are you a huge baseball fan?
1: No. I mean, I like watching baseball. It was more of a, you know, we were in Minneapolis for the first time. My dad grew up in Minneapolis. So I decided I was a big Twins fan. So I had a good year where I was a big Minnesota Vikings and Twins fan. And then. I realized that I hate watching sports. And then about in 2016, when you came into my life, I decided that I wanted to become a basketball fan. Uh, I remember I thought, that. I thought about sports, and you remember what team I settled on.
0: Was it the uh, LA Clippers?
1: Yeah, the Clip Show. So yeah, now are I'm you, a Clippers fan.
0: Are you a hardcore Clippers fan?
1: No, but I have the app.
0: Yeah, we never talked about the Clippers. Not since that first night I met you have we talked about the Clippers.
1: I have a hat and I have an app and uh yeah and this, i tried to watch it like maybe two years ago and i got so bored yeah
0: well i'm sorry you yeah, like baseball
1: more than other things but man, i think I'm a, I'm a nationals guy versus a twins
0: well that's good so am i i mean Herman killebrew i mean that's a good but that's a i mean he's i think he's he's no longer with us so i mean so they're not making any more signed baseballs i mean that was a good investment
1: yeah i figured he'd die eventually
0: That was that was your calculus as a kid, but (laughs) you were told to sleep on it. And that was one of the things you were like, he's going to die one day and this will make it worth more. Yeah. Back to my ethics and moral code. (laughs) I mean, you are uh, you got ice water running through your veins. So next day, they're Opie's in the jail looking at the clock. And with 10 seconds left, they count it down and the money is now Opie's. And before Opie runs to the story store, Andy explains to him about saving money, and he suggests spending ten and saving forty.
1: Well, and it's and cute because he buys him a piggy bank?
0: Yeah, and he gets Opie to go along. Did you ever have a piggy bank? Uh, no. I had a actually,
1: my grandmother bought me a toilet that I'd put the coins in the toilet, and then I'd flush it and it'd make a sound and go into the piggy bank.
0: Oh, okay. well, that's nice. Yeah, I had so- a Hubert Penny bank what's and it hubert? hubert hubert was this video game you just would have to google it he was like an orange character and he would jump to on different squares and that was how you won was you you moved him around oh it was okay. like early 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 video games and then my brother one time had a full Coke bottle like one of those this high Coke bottle where you could put change in we once took a vacation on all of our change
1: oh really did you guys like you packed for the vacation and then you stopped by a coin star on the way out of town and then you got the little receipt.
0: Yeah, I was hoping you'd do the Seinfeld line where he goes, George George has all this change and he goes, I once knew a guy who took a took a vacation on his pocket on all of yeah. his saved yes. up change. And Jerry goes, Where'd you where'd he go in, our cake?
1: That would have been better.
0: That would have been better. Yeah. All right. So Andy he gives him the piggy bank, he puts 40 bucks in it, and then Opie leaves. And Barney then picks up the paper, and he reads that Earl Pike bought his boy a car, a new car for his birthday. His boy is 57 years old. And then Barney then reads an ad in The Lost and Found from a man saying he has lost $50. Wow. And we go to commercial. Tragedy. It is a tragedy. So this episode was produced by Pod Machines. They do great podcasts at a great rate. Go to PodMachine.com to learn more and enter Loaded Goat at checkout for a 10% discount. After the break, Andy and Barney are bummed. I mean, obviously, but Andy says they have to return the money. And he says Opie is a good boy and he'll understand. And Barney is just an out-and-out wreck. I mean, Barney takes this worse than Opie did.
1: Well, I get that. You know, Barney was just as excited. He wanted Andy to show him how to do the rector set. There is some to that. He was getting all caught up in it. Yeah, you know, for the moment Barney wasn't the hot mess.
0: I would have to say if 40 bucks is 40 bucks like that, and it is 40 bucks in 1964, put that in a piggy bank, put that in a savings account.
1: Yeah, like buy some of those war bonds or whatever. Yeah.
0: T bills, yeah. Buy yeah. ATT. Some stock. Yeah. So Opie comes running in and is so excited and says it's like having another Christmas, and Barney has to leave the room.
1: Oh, I feel like Andy could have said here is like I'll spend five hundred dollars <laughs> on you for Christmas, You get one thing normally, and it sucks.
0: I don't know if he'd say that, but but I am like that's a that's a heavy Taylor Christmas if Opie's getting that much. I mean, I feel like that's very modest, and so Andy can't bring himself to tell Opie who says it sure ain't easy being rich and Opie leaves and Barney comes out and Andy opens his book and says, ain't that one of the saddest books you've ever saw. And it turns out he's going to pay the man whose name is Parnell Rigsby and Barney has to run off sobbing.
1: But it's really cute though. Like I rewatched that scene a touch
0: because
1: was Barney trying to imply that Andy like should give him the money or was that already established?
0: I think It was, when when he whips out his bank book, he's like, I'm going to make this work. I think Barney knows what he's going to do.
1: Oh, I mistook that whole thing because he said, isn't this the saddest bank book you've ever seen? And I thought he was looking at Opie's that just had like $10. No, he was
0: looking at his own. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So later, Opie comes in the jail with his new fishing rod, but they're not there. And an older man comes in, and it's Parnell Rigsby, and he's a very nice man. And he tells him to tell Andy he stopped by to check about his lost $50. And Opie freezes.
1: He's charming when he comes in. Do I look like a catfish to you, boy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's funny, yeah. And Opie freezes as the man leaves. I don't think he's being dishonest here. I think he's just stunned. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we go to the Rigsby household where Andy and Barney are about to leave. And Andy has returned the money. And Parnell, Mr. Parnell, pulls up. Or, I'm sorry, Mr. Rigsby pulls up and his wife tells him they found the money. And he's so happy to hear. And he mentions that he ran into a young man with a fishing rod. And Barney asks him if he mentioned the money. And he says he didn't, or he says he did. And Barney starts to say something and Andy cuts him off and they leave. And Andy's Andy's pretty mad. He's spoiled. And, he, I mean, and he's just, you know, he's assuming the worst. And when he gets home, he sees that Opie has broke open his piggy bank and thinks he's on a spending spree, probably trying to spend all the money before he has to get it but back. He's or, so
1: not Opie, but I do love this idea. He's like, like smash and grab. It's like, all right, let's do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, if there's anything we have learned after now that we're in the fifth season of the Andy Griffith show, it's that Opie's a good kid. Yeah. And cut to the sporting goods store where Andy sees Opie at the counter. He takes Opie away to the courthouse and tells him he's mad. Or it's
1: also, if you Opie had said that he wanted earlier one of those football helmets like the college kids wear. And his the guy's hand is on one of these football helmets.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's kind of like he's almost trying to, he doesn't realize he's giving him the rod back just to get the money back. He thinks he's getting them, he just wants to buy something else. Yep. And so he takes Opie to the courthouse. He tells him he's mad because he didn't say anything to Mr. Rigsby and then went out to spend more money. And then Opie says he wasn't buying anything from the store and that he was getting his 10 bucks back for the poll. And he gives Andy 50 bucks. And Andy is confused and Opie explains that he knew it wasn't his and he wouldn't be able to enjoy spending it knowing that. Which Andy Taylor starts beaming.
1: Never has there been a prouder
0: father. Yeah. And he says he did it again by not giving Opie the benefit of the doubt. If there is a common trope on the show that especially comes out during the color episodes on these types of episodes, it's Andy not giving his son the benefit of the doubt and then kind of having to eat crow. But he then says, You're really something, and they hug as we go to the commercial. In the epilogue, this is nice. Andy Andy went out and said, Okay. And he went and bought Opie a fishing rod, which I thought was which I thought was nice. Yeah. And Andy basically tells Barney what a good boy Opie is. I mean, he's obviously very, very proud of him. And then Barney starts reading the paper, and they mention that Early Gilly and Virginia Beasley are engaged, which Andy already knows because he read it in the paper. And Andy says it'll never come off as soon as he learns about Virginia. And Barney asks where he learned it, and Andy says he learned it from Phoebe. And when Barney starts grilling him, Andy says he has to go out on patrol as we close, and Barney's yelling at him as he walks out the
1: door. just needling him. Needle, needle, There's- needle.
0: Needle, needle, needle. Phoebe. I mean, Thelma Lou is the most normal name of any woman Barney dates on the show. There's Hilda yeah, May. One time, yeah. There's Hilda May, there's Juanita, there's Phoebe, and then there's Thelma Lou. hmm Yep. Maybe that's why. What did you, overall, what'd you think? I'd give this one a dime. you give a 10? Yeah. I was thinking 10, too. Oh, we got a double 10 again. You got a double that's 10. The Pickle,
1: the pickle Brigade. Oh, well, we have a visitor. I don't care about your cat.
0: You don't care about my cat. This is Lulu. She jumped right. on my um. She jumped on my um desk, and I just thought if she's going to do this, you might as well. You might as well get a chance to see her. No, I feel so gifted. Oh, thank you. I let's just say I like her a lot more than you do, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, any final thoughts? No, good episode. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, as always, Christopher, it's good seeing you. And and peace be with you as well, and also with you, and also with you. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week we'll do goodbye, Sheriff Taylor. But don't worry, Christopher, he's not leaving the show. Oh, good. Yeah. And, and until then, Christopher, why don't you tell me where you took feeding?
1: Oh, uh, to the blue cloud.
0: The blue blue view. <laughs>